What up, everybody? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Crown and Caliber. Crown and Caliber is the number one place to buy a secondhand luxury watch on the internet, folks. Listen to me for just a second. All of you, not all of you, some of you, are thinking about buying your first, second, third, fourth, or tenth watch. Take some advice from me. I've been around this block a lot. You want to buy this stuff secondhand, but you don't want to buy it in a shady way. It's almost never worth the headache when you try and cheap out and save a little bit of money up front by eking out some private sale off some sketchy guy for a slightly better price. Trust me on this. Crown & Caliber has thousands of watches in stock. And the watch you see on their website is the watch you're going to buy. The very same thing. The photographs are the same watch. Then they've got technicians on staff that are going to make sure that watch works good before they send it out to you. If something happens to that watch and it stops working, they have a limited mechanical warranty. They can make it right. And that way you can enjoy a watch, whether it's new or used, with confidence from Crown & Caliber. Um, I bought... A bunch of watches from them guys and and they're they're great they're just good people you want to buy a watch from good people and uh, and I, I think they are they've always treated me very very well supported this show uh, code TST175 write it down code TST175 gets you $175 off your first watch at crown and caliber Com. TST175 is the code, folks. Also, how about Westside Collector Car Storage? Are you in L.A.? This is my place. I'm opening the place. Are you in L.A.? Do you live here? Do you come here often? Maybe you want to leave a car here? Westside Collector Car Storage is for you. If you need somewhere to keep your prized vehicle out of prying eyes but away from maybe the street, off the street, you out of that situation you're in right now that, uh, my neighbor's got it, but I don't know, uh, whatever it is, I've got you. WestsideCollectorCarStorage.com. Check us out. Our website is up. Check us out on Google Maps. We're right by the airport. We're right by Venice. We're right by Marina Del Rey. Right by all the tech offices, Facebook and Google. In the heart of Playa Vista, hit us up at WestsideCollectorCarStorage.com. All right, folks, on this episode of the show, me and Vinny Russo are uh, in studio. Zach is at home, uh, not feeling well. So we're here talking about the McLaren GT I'm driving this week, the new 2021 Bronco, the Diesel Brothers getting fined almost a million dollars, taking your questions as well as uh, probably some more good stuff. It's me and Vinny Russo on the Smoking Tire Podcast. Here we go. Hey, <laughs> Smoking Tire Podcast, folks. What's happening? That's how you know it's live. That's how you know it's live. It's also how you know I've had a fucked up day. Hi, Vinny. How we doing? It's weird to say hi to Vinny because I say hi to Vinny in my underwear <laughs> at six o'clock in the morning because Vinny lives at the crib and he's in the gym and I, I hear I hear the end of his elliptical machine workout in the morning. Beep, right about when beep, I beep. <laughs> The beep haunts me sometimes. I know. No, I wait for that beep. You know, uh, Conrad knows the beep. Oh, yeah. Because he naps, and then when he hears the beep, he's like, oh, now we get some scratches. Now we go inside. But, uh, yeah, we are, we are here. We have no Zach today because Zach... Zach wasn't feeling good, and I'm worried about I'm worried about Zach having the coronavirus. I'm not really, but, but kind of. I'm more worried about it today than I was yesterday. We can tease him about it, at least. Well, ye- yeah. Like, are my levels all right? Yeah. Um, 
we can tease him about it if he gets it, if he doesn't die. No, but he, he was like, I feel like I have a fever. I'm like, you're definitely not going to come to the show today. <laughs> he knew he, he said that. And then I yeah. confirmed. And then it was, uh, then it was, uh, then it was me and just to me and Vinny. But look, I prepared. Oh. I wrote, I wrote down topics. I wrote which is, down which is kind of cool things to talk about. Well, normally it's not like I don't have to, but then I was like, well, why not be prepared? But also, like, what do you guys want to talk about, live folks? Get in the super chat if you want to. Is do, is super chat enabled? Is it? Are you sure it is? I feel like I've done something wrong. Oh yeah, it says no use, no new super chats yet. Someone get in the super chat to make sure that shit works. Because I think I'm pretty sure I enabled it. Uh, if I, Vinny has to do it, then <laughs> so be it. Um, but uh, I guess a bunch is going on i'm driving the mclaren gt yes right now which is a kind of an interesting car um we can start with that we can start with the new bronco we can start with the fact that some people <sighs> called the diesel brothers oh, got a, a million apparent, dollars apparently what's what was coming to them <laughs> uh and you never want to see you know the tuner community hit by no. the big hand of government but apparently what they, they did was install coal rolling tunes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. come on. <laughs> come on. And uh, we got an update on construction. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Someone set up Super Chat, so now it works. Thank you, F Frankie Candeloro. We appreciate you. Um, so, anyway, I guess the McLaren GT is probably a good place to start, right? Yeah. Look, I have imagery. Oh, that's it. It's actually the car too. I know, everything. with some Euro tag on it. But that's is that have like a that might this one might have like a tan interior, whereas ours mm. has a what? I think it's magnolia. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think believe so. Yeah, is, is what it's white? usually what they call a white is they usually is call magnolia? it magnolia because it sounds more expensive. That's true. Yeah, it feels expensive. It's really nice leather. Yeah. I, I got to be honest with you, it is by far the nicest McLaren around town that I've driven. Hmm. Well, that's the thing, isn't yeah. it? Um, the point of the McLaren GT is sort of the opposite end of the McLaren LT. Yeah, you make it, you make it more usable. You make it soft, uh, softer. You make it more sumptuous, sumptuous, um, scrumptious. Yeah, and and you pretty much um, you add, you know, you add. You don't take away. Which you know, is, they, which is probably difficult for them. Well, yeah, it's probably counterintuitive, but they but it's all about uh, you know sort of creative solutions, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you know, fundamentally, what you're looking at there uh, and what we're talking about the McLaren GT is the 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 next uh, step from the 570 GT, which they actually still make. Also, you can get that too. The 570 GT is a car I drove across Iceland for uh, like season three or four of Drive on NBC Sports, and it had this hatch over the engine that popped open to the side, <laughs> which was sort of cool, and it would hold more shit. And so, me and Tom Morningstar drove that car for seven, six days around Iceland with all of our shit and camera gear to shoot a, yeah. a TV show. Usable. And so it was pretty good. This one has even more room, and I want to go back to, uh, give me a second, and I'll find a, a trunk image of it. Um, it does but, have more room, but let's not be, let's be honest. It's it's not a wagon. It's not. No, no, no. <laughs> it's definitely not. And what's weird about, you know, it has, like, I think it's like 14 or 14 and a half cubic feet um, 
of like cargo space in the back plus your frunk, right? Yeah, but I forget about the frunk. The frunk too. So it's like it is a quite a lot, but it's um it's it's sort of flat how it's uh laid out. Oh, this is here we go. It's a good shot. Sure. It's not a, it's a pretty interesting shot. Uh it it it's flat, so you've got the area over where the muffler is at the back of the car. You can fit a pretty decent sized duffel bag, like a weekend yeah. duffel, right? Yeah. And then you've got you know this sort of hump in the middle where the engine obviously is, <laughs> and then it dips back down into a lower shelf behind the seats, which actually is quite usable. Yeah, yeah, because you can reach your hand back there and get to stuff, and so you can fit. You know, one duffel here in the back, another duffel behind the seats in the front, maybe even two duffels yeah. there, and then you can get some thinner stuff across the, the shelf, like a garment bag that would say, lay yeah, flat. Like a fold-over bag or yeah. something like that. Um, and, or the idea is, I'm not sure how you get the golf clubs. They say golf clubs, but I don't know where the golf clubs I'm go. I'm not seeing golf clubs there. I'm not seeing golf clubs happen. Maybe like a mini putt golf club. <laughs> Executive <laughs> course thing. I'm not seeing golf clubs. But surfboard we have a surfboard at the house. We have we Tim. We have Tim's surfboard. Yeah, it's at the a house. Short, it's yeah a short we need to try too. that one. Surfboard and skis both can go inside. And so, if you're looking at the photo that I've got up, or I'm going to show it in my video review, there's this material on the floor of the trunk that it's like uh, it's got like a ridge on it, like yeah, uh, like, grippy. like like grippy dots. Yeah. It looks kind of cool in this photo, and it looks kind of cool when you look at it in our car, which is the the white. Yeah. It it feels like egg crate. Yeah. Like it actually feels like, like plasticky egg crate, yeah. and it's not like a nice material, but I'm told it's incredibly like scratch resistant. Yeah. So it it may not feel nice, but apparently it will look that cool forever. Well, if you if you want to consider that a trunk, you got to have like a trunk mat right. in there, so that's kind of what it is. Right. So. And then this this there's a pretty car a cargo cargo net that covers a bunch of it. Yeah. And then this photo actually shows the bag, which I'm pretty sure the bag is for the head of your surfboard, hmm. so that when you put the the pointy end of your surfboard in the trunk at your face <laughs> you're not smashing it against your you're face you're not in a crash having a problem there i don't but see WeatherTech doing a whole liner for that though they definitely would bro <laughs> you know they will they'll they'll be they'll have a race team for it and they'll they'll get right on it but um so the uh it's a 570 uh tub right okay. they they widen the bodywork with these uh these the, the to change the styling and also i i believe they take some of the shit that was on top of the engine and move it further out to the side <laughs> yeah you know so that they have more room down the middle right and then the engine instead of being the 38 that you get in the 570 yeah. they put the 40 from the 720 detuned to 612 horsepower so you know because it's mclaren yeah you could put it back <laughs> but tune turbos downpipe you get 150 horsepower that's what everybody's going to do to but it but it's you still, don't really need it to be honest with you. no every mclaren is the fastest car ever you yeah. don't need yeah. you don't even need the lts the lts i've argued are cool but utterly unnecessary because they take away some of the McLaren magic. I was just really impressed the fact that knowing how much they parts bend, you know, the engine, the tub and all this other stuff, yeah. it does feel like a new car. It's it's because yeah, it, I don't know if it does. It in the way that it's presented more comfortable. Yeah. You know, it it you just get in it and you feel less uh 
light, you know, you feel the lightness less than you would in like an LT where everything's carbon, everything's raw, and yeah. everything, there's, you know, the, the floor mats are paper thin and there's no carpet. And then this, I mean, all the lighting is amazing and all the touch points are amazing. The leather quality is just The bright the work is very, yeah, very nice. The, the fucking shift paddles. Did you feel the shift paddles? Yeah. The yeah. shift paddles feel like the faceting on my... Audemars yeah. Piguet Royal Oak, like it's really, really good. All the switches good. are trimmed with aluminum, and I like I can find an image of that. McLaren and the, interior. The, the sunroof, if you want to call it that, was really cool. So it's got, it's yeah, got, we got the electrochromic roof, which yeah. is pretty, uh, pretty awesome. It only took us ten minutes to figure out how to turn it on and off, but other than that, <laughs> I don't have a good image of the. Well, here, oh here, well, it's, I'm gonna get a large mm. image because it's like the 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 um the millwork on the shift paddle yeah. is very very cool yeah. this is going to be it yeah yeah here it is here's a big one this is really neat look if we punch in the, we can sh we can bring it up um but look at oh god what's it's all gone wrong here um this look at just the millwork of this yeah. it's carved really 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 good yeah really good and so uh driving it you know i've i have left this one in auto which more than usually, I've ever. Which you ever, usually don't do. No, I never, yeah. I've never driven any McLaren um, where I- uh, Comfort. Yeah, where I where I left it in auto and comfort this much. Um, I mean, you're, I feel like I'm way louder than you. Say some things. Uh, I don't think you're that much louder no? than me. No, I don't know, maybe, I can, I, I'm not a great producer. <laughs> Zach, Zach is a much better producer than me. I think you sound quiet. Uh, but, uh, I'll talk quieter. No, 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 I just, I'm worried <laughs> that I'm too loud, you know. But um, I uh, uh, I think it's, it's a really, like, it's really impressive how they have tuned the character of it. Like, in auto and stuff, it's really smooth. The transmission's real smooth. You know how in the LT, like, you can kind of, like, drive it almost sort of like a manual where you yeah. make it like revy and engage the clutches yeah. in a certain way. Yeah. This one is programmed to engage the clutches like with creep. Like it's got more idle creep and it's like it engages it more like an automatic yeah. or like it's it's not as like launch control-y every time. You know what I mean? They didn't, the thing is they, they didn't just throw a real interior into a 570 and call it a GT car. They actually took the time to go through small little things like the suspension, like the transmission programming, and they really did the best they could do with taking what is, you know, one of the best sports cars in the world and, and making it a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, uh, the one, the, you know, the ride is obviously amazing. It's not still not as amazing as a 720, but it is amazing. No, uh, and I drove it in the rain. The tires, you know, it's a P0 tire. It's it's fine. People kept saying that that front three-quarter angle I was showing is very C8 Corvette-ish. I think the rear is much better, and I think it's a lot more elegant yeah. than the C8 Corvette. Having said that, uh, there are certainly similarities. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that there are similarities. There are definitely similarities. Yeah, but, but the, every mid-engine sports car, you're going to be able to pick mm -hmm. similarities too. I mean, you, it's you know they I said agree. that when the C8 came out, oh, it looks like this, it looks like that. Every time a mid-engine sports car comes out, they all look the same. There's similarities to the NSX too. Yeah, there's only know. there's only so much you can do with that configuration. But I think it's an attractive change for the yeah. 570. I, I don't think it's uglier. I think it looks better, actually. Yeah. Um, and I am really impressed. Uh, the, the, the nose lift is fast. Uh, the MMI is pretty good. Um, I don't understand the doors, the door buttons. Oh, the doors are hard. I do have to uh, give right, 
<laughs> I, I, I'm really hoping that the, so you walk up to the door and it doesn't have the rubber button like the other McLarens in the previous used to. It actually has like this, this paddle handle thing that you push in. But the problem is, is that you push it in and the door, you would expect the door to pop open, but you have to like push your hand into the handle and then grab the door and pull it to the point where then it starts to open. It's so I'm, really I'm, strange. I'm, it almost, and I'm going to say it, it almost feels like the, the, the lift on the on the door feels a little worn out. Like it feels like there could be a little more maybe pressure in there. 2, maybe two thousand miles on this car. Yeah, I mean, but it's you know it's an early production so, car. Maybe the, you know maybe there there'll be an update for the door. The, the, so the door you, handle by far is the worst thing for the on visuals. That car. There's yeah. a, in, rather than there being a button on the underside of a scoop, right? So first McLaren started with yeah. the twelve C with that wavy bullshit. Yeah, which oh. <laughs> then they were like buttons. The button is is it a works. simple solution that works. And I don't know if anyone complained about the button ever again. Now they've got this thing, and if you're looking at the picture, it's at the back of the door, right at the, right where it meets the scoop, and it's a, big, a pretty big square of bodywork. It's like three inches by two and a half inches, yeah, maybe. It's a decent size. And you have to press this thing in, and it, there's no feedback from it at all. It's just, it somehow well, is a button. Well, you would expect the feedback that you press it and the door opens, yeah. but it's not. You press it, and then you have to kind of pull the door a you little. You press it, and the window comes down an inch That's but the feedback. door doesn't pop yeah. out and so it's kind of not a great door handle like it's i know this is a dumb thing to be coming talking no, about but you use it every like that's something time. that you use every single time you, you touch the car like, like how did the company that made this shifter paddle also decide on this door handle you're also going to want to make sure you paint protection that handle yeah like, because if your girlfriend's got huge nails that you're going to get over to the passenger Listen, side of the car. Listen, or boyfriend, this is California. Sorry, I apologize. This is California. Anyone that gets in the car with, with extended fingernails yeah. is going to scratch that or handle. Or rings. Or rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so now, uh, driving it is really nice. It's fucking fast as hell. It's zero to 60 and three one. <laughs> it's 200 mile an hour car, um, you know, and, and it's also, um, it's got adaptive shocks that in soft mode are tuned really soft. So it, it's really, really nice, um, to drive around the city. Yeah. Um, but the, but is the one I have is 210,000 base, 250,000 is tested. Okay. Um, and it's not, really like a 911 where like this the the stuff that it's got to make it 250 some of it you don't you don't need but a bunch of it you kind of want like nose lift like yeah, yeah you need yeah, nose you lift in a mclaren that, yeah. you know what i mean like like uh the park distance thing like you probably want yeah. that in a mclaren yeah um there's uh what is the, there's some package oh the sport exhaust like i mean like, really, you're not going to get a McLaren with sport exhaust? I know. It's 3500 bucks, and the <laughs> car is so quiet without it or with it closed. Yeah. Like, and even with it open, it's not that loud. And so you, but you definitely need that. And then, um, you know, you, you know it's up to you from I there. Say, so it's big, the problem is its biggest competitor, dude. Is itself. Is a used 720. And, it, and as far as like for me, every day means easy to get in and out of. Yeah. And these five series cars are not as easy yeah, to get that, in and out of as the that, seven series that cars. That door sill is, is strong. It's wide, yeah. and they don't have the roof cutouts. The 720, the doors cut yeah. into the roof. Wait. So for you, that's even yeah, worse. Yeah, wait. Like, if I look at, like, 720S doors, and uh, look, the, I mean, here's here's a perfect example. The 720, this, 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 this cutout here 
of the of the roof, right? Yeah. That means you can plop down into it. Yeah. Plus, the 720's chassis has narrower uh, side sills as well, and it's just easier to get it out of. So, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, look here's a here's a great picture. Well, the um, other thing was funny is like as we were driving, you and I were hitting elbows on the armrest. Right. Oh, that's not that's a that's a small image. Sorry, folks, but you get the point. The 720, yeah, it's more expensive new, but a used 720. Is kind of the same thing as a new 720, and um, you know it's actually even better as a daily, except for when it comes to carrying some shit. Well, I, I I've not made this uh, you know private, but I'm not a, a huge fan of McLarens. Like as far as I feel like they're too cold for my personal taste. I think they're impressive machines and they are quick. Um, but I, I got to say, you know, the improvements on this, I was, I was actually really impressed, and I think I like the direction the McLaren's going. And like I said, the car is like in five years, they're going to make a really great car. <laughs> <laughs> no, they make a really good yeah, car no, now. Yeah, I mean, you're, I, I know you're a huge fan. I mean, look, they're they're definitely fast. I just, I, I don't like that cold. But this takes some of that away. This warms up that feeling of the McLaren a little bit, to where, to the point where it feels a little bit more connected to the person because it, it just it just adds some warmth with the extra leather and, and just the little small details of the of the, the the design i felt a lot better in that car and and than i did in the other mclarens that, that i've driven i just think that for but for the for the price it's well for the price and for a car that's intentionally their most comfortable car it's not their most comfortable <laughs> car which to me is a bit of a setback but it's still it is. I mean, it's very nice. But is that McLaren's version of detuning the Cayman so it's not faster than a 911? No, I don't think it's. I don't think it's Cayman complex. I don't think it's that at all. I think. I just think that um, they wanted this uh, a car that's going to be used every day or intended to be used yeah. every day or whatever. I think they didn't want to come and go. Here's our four hundred and fifty thousand dollar daily driver. I mean, yes, two hundred and ten thousand dollars base is still an insane amount of money, but it's. That's what a Turbo S costs. I mean, right. that's the same. Yeah. So at least it's like, you know, it's it, it, new for new yeah. from going from this to a 7 and Series The difference carbine. between that and a 911 is that looks exotic. The 911 right. is going to always look like a 911. So for 210, there is very few cars on the road that look as exotic as a McLaren. Uh, and true. That'll never end. And this car's been getting looks. People yeah. have been looking at it, even in a, a relatively um, subdued color. Like that one I would just had, like I was just showing... Um, the one on the Instagram post, yeah. yeah. Like, this is the one that's on my Instagram post, and then, like, this is the one that's outside yeah. right now. So that navy blue, that's a handsome color. It is a yeah. very handsome color. It is not a flashy color, and I don't know if the GT would look good in Skittles orange. I don't <laughs> think I would do it. The ones I've seen, I think gray, no. you know, these are, these are the colors, but, you know, you got to find, where's that customer that wants to stand out, but wants to, to blend in, but, you know, but wants to... I'm sure they're there. Yeah, they're there. I'm sure they're there, but I don't know. Well, it remains to be seen if they sell. Um, I like the direction overall that they're going. A bunch of these. Like it shows that they could, you know, that, that that they're capable of doing more than what I thought that they were. So it, for me, it was it's it was kind of a refreshing take on what they're capable of. It is nice to use every day, but not as nice as a 911. Nine mm-hmm. eleven is just easier yeah. to get in and out of, and. For me, you know, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little overweight. I'm six foot three, so for me, it's just a much easier in and out. We, we and also out, have you know. to, you know, and, and I don't give McLaren enough credit. I, I, I sometimes forget that they've only been building cars for a couple of years. 
Yeah, where, no, whereas, the whereas, you know, fucking awesome. Whereas, you know, you got fifty years or forty years of refinement or whatever on the nine eleven and and some of these other ones that are that are competitive and so they're I think they're definitely, you know, I, I like it. I liked it. I like it too. I'm actually going out in the canyons uh, tomorrow, and I'm taking christian with me oh cool which should be fun i haven't i haven't hung out with him see in if a you minute. can figure out the sunroof <laughs> if he can figure it out yeah. yeah the the electrochromic roof has a kind of a funky touch panel where you have to decide if um it's like it shows a sun and a moon right but the moon makes it darker which yeah. is one one logic strain points towards that and the other logic strain points towards well i would use the moon to clear it at night right <laughs> so, i like the blue tint to it also like yeah. all the little blue led lights in the inside is really kind of kind of neat it's cool man it's, it's cool. cool thumbs up should we uh should what we talk about this this is kind of fun oh yeah i mean it's not fun for for these guys but it's fun for us because we're not them because we don't have a tuning shop that you rolls know, coal. I, as much as I love these guys, you know, as do far you? as these people, I, I do, I do. I, I, you know, I like what they've done, but the problem is, is like they knew. Any of the tuners that that I talk to here in California, and you could talk to, you know, BBI and working at VF for for all the time that I didn't mean friends with those. Anybody I know that, that that here in California, they know better than to do this. And these guys just, you know, I think they got a little ego and they, and they just, they thought that, oh, I'm out in Utah and nobody's going to bother me out here and all this other stuff. And look, you, you know what? I mean, you want to, you, you want to do the crime? You got to pay the, you know, you pay the time. Uh, I mean, yeah. If, if it, The basic gist of it is they were selling tunes the, for rolling coal. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Right. And they'll either do, uh, were they straight eliminating catalytic yeah. converters they, also? They were taking the the the, uh, the particular diesel filters. particular filters out and all this other stuff. And I mean, by the numbers, they say that it you know it, it adds like thirty to forty times more air pollution than not having it, especially yeah. with them specifically tuning it for that. Um, and you know they 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 got violated like for like four hundred times that they got busted for. Well, this, and and somebody wow, I mean I have to say. I, I do have to say I like this six door Ram pickup yeah. they built, yeah. they built they <laughs> were, and it's got four wheel steering. Yeah, and, I'm know, kind of were, a fan of that. They but built yeah. some really cool stuff, and they're you know they, they've got they you know they've got some some cool personalities for TV, and you know the guys at the shop there are, are actually really talented when it comes to the diesel and building the big trucks. They just got a little bit of an ego, and I honestly I don't think that they really thought that they were going to get in trouble for it. They're like, yeah, we're too small. It's, I mean, you know, it's, that, it's that Utah, for, yeah, like you know that stuff's for Ford and GM. They're not going to bother a little small shop like us and da 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 da. And unfortunately, what they don't understand is, and and again, this is you know working with you know VF and 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 even even going over to SEMA and talking to the guys there where they do the carb testing, like. Carb has files open on all of these major shops and they're, you know, and they, they will shop around and try and find like, you know, we would get calls at VF from people that we could tell, you know, they're asking, Hey, can you, can you, can you specifically eliminate this? Or, you know, can I, I want to pass carb, you know, can you do this so I can pass the test? And, then uh -huh. blah, blah, blah. and like, you have to really be careful because you don't know who's on the other end of that phone. Yeah. And well, they said these guys, uh, the, the plaintiffs in the case, the Utah physicians for a healthy environment, um, purchased a truck from uh sparks motors which i'm guessing uh, yeah is that the name of their shop i think it's yeah it was like a used shop yeah, yeah. i mean i guess there's a shop and then sent it to denver for testing in which the results should have admitted 36 times more pollution and 21 times more particulate matter than if it was equipped with uh part with the appropriate systems i love the particulate matter that's just 
black smoke. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, you know they have and they have an online platform for for selling uh, these diesel trucks and stuff too. I mean, look, you know, we've had Gail Banks on the show. He's been very clear about the fact that rolling coal and that kind of shit doesn't do anything for performance. In fact, it, it, it takes it away. Yeah. Um, and so I don't really have like. You know, am I going to come down on an individual car owner who wants to drive their old car with no cats? Like, nah, not really. Am I going? But like, if you are, if you're operating a business where you know a big portion of your business yeah. is like dump fuel into atmosphere, it's like come, and on, then you come put it on, on, and then you put it on TV. And then it's on television. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the thing is, is my- We used to have jokes about that. My that understanding- One of the best ways to make things legal that was to put them on TV or put them in the White House. Yeah. That, either, that either one, works that works too. too. The, the thing with this is that they knew back in 2016 was that they got their first complaint in 2016 and they should have been a little more careful and instead right around that time is when their show blew up and they got really big and I just, I think their ego got caught and they just- I mean, dude, if the TV's like lawyers, you know, have yeah. been like, oh, no, this is cool. We can we can air this, yeah. you know, and, and make the TV. You, fine. you probably think, yeah, you yeah. probably think, oh, these guys are going to cover us. You know, like we're all honestly right. like the nine hundred fifty thousand dollar fine is is cheap when you consider that, you know, if, if they literally legitimately have like four hundred different possible complaints. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. it's there was something in it about exempt. You know, you can't declare bankruptcy either. Like yeah. You got to pay it. Yeah. It's like your student loans. Like yeah. bankruptcy, nah. No, no, no. You got to no, pay that's, that's, that shit. That's government. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. Uh, you're not doing ever so. It's, I mean, it sucks, but they know better. I mean, you want that stuff? Move to Texas or Florida, right? <laughs> you know, you think Utah wouldn't be? I, is Utah very progressive if, like if that? They, yeah. If they test the exhaust, then you can't sell it. Like, like there are parts here in that you can't. The shops in other states will not even ship to a California address because their parts are not carb legal right. and they're that scared of carb that they won't do it. So like they're like a lot of the guys here in town here in California, like they'll have friends of theirs in Georgia or Florida ship them parts mm -hmm. because just the shops just won't do it. They're like, it's not worth it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a $900,000 fine no, yeah. to sell you an intake. I wouldn't. At, if know, yeah. I ran a shop, I wouldn't. No. So I mean, everybody else that's in the aftermarket industry knows better. Yeah. So you can't feel bad for these guys for doing it. I mean, you just have to be like, yeah, I mean, now you know. It's not that you should, I mean, not that like the shop should like, you know, if, if no. customer A comes in with a already deleted cat right. and asks you to do something unrelated, not that you should necessarily turn away that business. No. But like, I would definitely, if I own the shop, make that customer sign something saying that you didn't install that part yeah. just that, for your that, file. If that truck is registered in Utah or California yeah. or any of those states that have that and they're coming in telling you this is what I want and then you do it and then you sign off on the paper and the invoice shows it. You're breaking the law. Yeah. There, there's no two ways about it. And listen, I'm I'm all about bending the rules, but it, yeah, you know, yeah, you just you know. Yeah. So, um, what else? So that, that's that's that. How about uh, how about this? How about the pictures of the new Bronco that leaked? I'm torn. Well, there we so we had a couple, right? We had the, the Bronco, Bronco, the Bronco Sport, the Bronco Sport, and then the two door Bronco, right? Right. So. Let me get the, the Bronco Sport. I'm not prepared. I'm sorry, Bronco. The, the Bronco Sport is weak, obviously. But like the Jeep, the the fucking little that little Renegade thing yeah, is that, weak that's, too. That's basically I I've been joking around for the last couple of days. I'm like I can't wait to see the Bronco Sport on the you know when I pull up to Enterprise. Right. Because that's what that's going to be. <laughs> totally. It's going to be. It's going to be a hundred. It's going to be rental cars. Now the full size, if you want to call it that. 
I think um, is that the, what the, they're the actually door. calling it? Yeah. Um, I just saw the images. There's, there's also supposed to be a version of it that they may do a raptor version of it or something like that. What but the fuck? Oh, there it is. This is it. This is it. That's yeah, right? going to be one that I have to see in person to see how the dimensions play out because the photos still don't make it look as good. I mean, the tires look real skinny. and I'm kind of... Uh, so we got this to the two-door. Oh, oh, boy. Holy scale. Yeah. We've got the Sport, which basically like that, looks like a Land Rover LR2. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's we've the got, problem. And then, oh, no. And then we've got the uh, the 2021 uh, four-door. I, I think the four-door looks great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I said when they first announced this, I said, I've, I've never, in all my years of owning cars, I've never actually purchased a brand new car. And I said that pending what this looks like, this may be the first brand new purchase I ever have. Well, Hannah, uh, my wife, for those who don't know, <laughs> um, she loves the two- boxy cars. Yeah. She really likes boxy cars. But the problem with liking boxy cars is that she hates Wranglers and G-Wagons. <laughs> Not because, like, because I, I, for a variety are. of reasons. Yeah. She hates G-Wagons uh, G for what they stand for yeah. and the people who drive them. Uh, and she also was had one with a press car, as a press yeah. car with me, and she hated it. Um, but we rented a, a Wrangler in Hawaii, and she fucking hated it. She really? was like, people spend how much on this shit box? Because, you know, there's like, the doors are made yeah. of plastic well, and it's, I mean, it's also a rental one. I mean, the Saharas are a little bit nicer. Bro. Good luck convincing her that, but no, whatever. I, I agree. But so she's been. She had a. She had a Mercedes GLK, which was pretty boxy. The square little, yeah, little yeah. square one. And she had a, a first gen Ford Escape, which was not that boxy. Back in the day, she had a Grand Wagoneer and whatever. So she has been waiting for the that, Defender yeah. and this. The Defender. I know people are stoked on it. I'm kind of stoked on the Defender for her bit of a letdown too soft not boxy yeah too soft but i showed her this and she just wrote back boxy yeah so <laughs> that's her version of two thumbs up so so we may uh, eventually if my wife ever decides to have a normal car again we may end yeah. up with one in the garage but yeah. i like the four door because what i see in this is hard half doors yeah uh that look reasonably well molded not just perfectly yeah. flat with a soft roof I'm sure there's going to be a hard roof option. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Um, Raptor-esque tires. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's a styling thing, and those aren't full beadlock wheels. No, but yeah. Possibly beadlock wheels. I like the flared fenders. I do. I mean, I see potential. Yeah. I really do. I, I do. If it, if it in person, the dimensions translate as well as what those are, I think it's going to do really well. Um, I almost feel like the the smaller version is going to almost take away from it because it's going to make it. Well, wait. Let's get the two door. The two door. Um, uh, this is like a leaked image. I don't. I'm pretty sure it's legit though. This looks like it's in fu- inside of fucking Ford, and the wheels and stuff and f- everything yeah, is everything the same. Matches. But um, this looks awesome. And by the way, if you apply this hard top formula to, to the, the four door, yeah. now grab, we're talking. Do you catch on the two door the grab handles in the hood? See that? Yeah, here. What do you think that's for? Dropping it off a helicopter? You think it's probably styling bullshit? I bet you that's nothing. Does it? Can you see on the on the hoods up on that one? Um, The two door looks really cool, but like I, you know, I think it's going to be too small. Yeah, I don't want a big small vehicle. I'm not really sure. I'm also I'm also. Do we know what the engine is yet? 
So the small one is going to be based off the Ranger. And it's going to have the Ranger drivetrain in it. The bigger one. We don't want that. Yeah, the bigger, that Ranger the bigger one. I'm, stunk. I'm assuming the bigger one's going to have you know the the twin turbo V6 in it and it's a, other the, versions. You think it's of the it. two seven? Yeah, I'm sure. The, probably the two seven, right? They're but they're talking the the other rumors. There's supposed to be a Raptor version of the full size Bronco at some point with that they're going to do you know with with the twin turbo Raptor you know, three point five six and with more off-road chops, I'm sure the Fox shocks and things like that. You know, we the, got that 2.7 base F-150 like forever ago to shoot all cars <laughs> too with. Shockingly fast. I, I mean, I was kind of impressed. Yeah. They did a decent job with it. But the I think the aftermarket industry is going to go nuts. I mean, that Bronco is going to be all over SEMA. Um, it, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to sell really well. And like I said, if it, if it turns out halfway decent, I'm, I may actually buy one also. For sure. If they don't cancel fucking SEMA for coronavirus, the other, the other question Bronco's going to be all over that how shit. How retro, I wonder how they're going to go with the interior. Mm. You know? I bet not that retro. That's, that's what I'm wondering. I bet there's going to be a couple little really, retro nods, really but fundamentally- hope, I really hope it's not parts bin. Are there leaked interior no, pictures yet? No. No? None? Nothing None. of any significance, no. Hmm. Just from the prototype. No Bronco in. Oh no, we got Bronco interior pictures. Yeah, but those are from a prototype. Not sure not, how old those are. I don't see a lot of retro here. Oh, that's the Bronco Sport. Yeah, that's a Sport. The Sport one looks like a mini F one fifty. Yeah, that's an. Is that an actual F one fifty? That's an actual F one fifty. I don't know. I don't trust these yet. We're gonna have to wait no, and see. The interior shots you can't trust yet. There's this a, thing. It's a nice. That's the baby Bronco. Which one? The one above that with the top. That's a fake. Yeah. That's a fake. I don't know. I think we need... Oh, wait. Here we go. Here's a spy shot. <laughs> That's a janky-ass spy shot, but it's a something. That looks off... It looks kind of defendery. I mean, it's a shit spy shot, but I see a flat dash yeah. with a central screen, you know. No, oh, FJ Cruiser-ish. Yeah, send, I see a, I see a, a, not a, a console shifter, some yeah. kind of... Uh, control knob there. If they take this Bronco as far as Toyota took the FJ Cruiser, it's going to do well. Yeah, I for you know I I kind of were they what was FJ Cruiser's uh, selling like? They sold well up until the end, and then it dropped off, and then all of a sudden it became cultish, and now it's you know now they're worth their weight in gold again. Mm. So mm. Know, the aftermarket industry kind of took over that. Yeah, there was some guy down by Sean's place that was exporting them fucking things back to Japan yeah. for like a bunch of money. Dude, Japan has some weird taste and stuff, man. They, yeah. they like it, it, it's strange, but yeah, I think that I think the Broncos can do really well. Uh, I think so too. What else should we talk about? What, what else do we have? What do you got in your? You made a list. I'm, I mean, I mean we covered the top I, three. I didn't get a chance to study any of this stuff. The next the one was how I'm annoyed that uh, all three of my Pearl Jam concerts and for April. <laughs> As well as multiple press launches have been canceled for coronavirus. So for the people that aren't in the industry and don't know, New York Auto Shows canceled, or I'm sorry, postponed. Postponed. Um, you know, basically every major, you know, automotive show, I mean, with Geneva Auto Show being canceled, uh, everybody's kind of freaking out now about is, you know, what are they going to do about SEMA? What are they going to do about Pebble Beach week? Um, and it's a little too far out to say that I reached out to the people at Pebble because you know I've got a couple of of uh, you know Hennessy's going to have a booth there and you know we're supposed to have the F5 at Quail, and they're saying that everything's go for now until basically until the government tells them not to. Um, but you know at this point, like they're starting to collect sponsorship dollars is this at this point of the year, and a lot of the guys that I talk to are they're they're scared to to cut that check because they don't know what's going to happen with it, and. 
I, I just I'm, I'm curious to see how far this is going to get taken. You know, is, is the cars and coffee show is going to start getting affected? Is you know, or all I mean, you just start seeing all of these things, and then you know, how much of it is an, is an excuse? Maybe you just don't want to have the show. Well, here's what here's what I think might end up happening. Um, you know, obviously the uh, the uh, people you don't want people getting sick, right? Yeah. Obviously, Pearl Jam specifically said in in their Instagram statement just to, to kick it back to that for one second because they they postponed their entire tour, not just the, the yeah. dates I was attending. That accurately that people travel from show to show to show to see Pearl Jam, you know, in yeah. various so so and and they're based out of um, Seattle, uh, which is where one of the the yeah. first outbreaks. And so they are they're they're seeing some firsthand shit going on that we're not really seeing in L. A. yet. Yet. Uh, yet. I I said yeah. I threw you the yet said in somebody there. Somebody died yeah. today on it. So really. Yeah. No. Great. Um. So. But the the question is okay. So but how far does it go? Like I'll give you like. In my world, how it you know how it affects me is you know so the F five is is going to be launched at this year and so we're you know we're in the process of planning the F five launch to a you know a private group of individuals and you know we've got venues that we're looking at um, you know so it's like so figure midway through the year we want to have this launch and you know we're inviting I don't know let's say a hundred people we invite to this to this to this launch and it's the same launch that everybody's seen. You know, a million times you have a private venue and you bring out your customers, the people who put deposits down, the media. But a hundred people in a room, you know, are those people going to not show up because of the coronavirus? Are we not going to be allowed to even have it because of the coronavirus? So the the shifting now has become okay. Well, so if we can't, you know, the the contingency plan is we make a decision: are we going to still do this this you know hundred person party, or do we produce a huge? internet-based launch like all the other manufacturers have done where you you know you you do a big venue where you can have the lighting proper and you you basically produce a tv show where you're launching it you know that way and you get a handful of people in the room that really want to see it but you know the you don't know how the crowd's going to react you know do you do you have it and then you invite 100 people and they're all like no i'm not coming you know i'm not leaving the house i don't want to get on a plane i don't want to drive yeah. I want to be around 100 people what do you do i think we're going to find people who are adapting or companies adapting to not having auto shows by figuring out their own individual yeah. launch programs. Yeah. And they might go so well, they might get they might find that yeah. holy shit, we're going to get way more for yeah. our money doing this individually than by going to the auto shows yeah. and and they might never recover. That that's that's I mean, what in it, that's the age they, of the internet are auto shows a, a relic i mean they're fucking wasteful here's what they're good for straight up like going in random fools going and sitting in a million cars and yeah. seeing what you might like i don't think those are going anywhere but the the big fly like the a Beach. thousand journalists yeah. all over the place i don't know i don't know and the, you know it's like the people that I know in the experiential marketing community are, are are freaking out right now because this is this is their livelihood. You know, they're used to putting on these big, huge. I mean, you, when you think about how many, you know, the Pearl Jam concert, you've got all the roadies. You know, they're now out of jobs. You've got you know all of the production people. They're out, yeah. out of jobs. You've yeah, got the people yeah. that are at the venues are now you know out of you know maybe not yeah. out of jobs, but they lose that chunk of money. Who recovers from that? And the spiral just keeps coming down and coming down. Yeah. Joe Rogan had a guy on uh, his podcast the other day. You know, and he was a pretty, he was an infectious disease doctor. I know, I've been meaning to listen to that. It popped up on my shit. Yeah, so it was a good 15 minutes if you get a chance to to read it because he he actually sounded less crazy 
Um, you know, and Joe Rogan, you know, brought up a couple of really good questions because, you know, he's a man of the, of the people. He would ask the same questions that we would be asking. And, you know, it's just the, the guy was saying, he's like, look, this is just the beginning. Like, you don't understand. Like he was saying, he's like, he goes, think about four weeks ago, Italy was, everything was normal. And now Italy's locked down. And he's like, you, you know, as much as everybody's, you know, saying that this is, this is out of control, is out of control. Like it's like, this is just the beginning. And even though the, the influenza, you know, kills more people every year, the influenza has been around for a while. Like, there's no reason to think that, that the you know, coronavirus isn't going to meet that level or exceed it. We just don't know how quickly. And so, you know, I think the media is being a little out of control with it. But again, I'm, I'm not a scientist and I'm not the one who deals with all of this. So, yeah. who knows? It's like, you want, you want to keep people informed, right? But, and you also probably want people who are yeah. feeling sick to, like, stay well, the fuck your home. Your Pearl Jam concert, the first one was, what, at the end of April? Yeah, no, that no, it was like the tenth. Okay, so would you go at like if it was still happening? You've got a you got a month, a month from now of all of this media of all of this stuff like that. Would you go and not worry? Mm, yeah, I would. <laughs> I would. I would. But how many other people would or would? I don't know. I don't know. I know? I understand the business yeah. decision. I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. I mean, I'm. I'm I suppose yes, I am complaining about it in a very technical sense. Yeah. I'm. Anno- I'm. I am annoyed. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't book my hotels. Yeah. I'm okay. bummed out that uh, I booked a uh, the new Shelby GT500 to dr- to go to Phoenix to see the show to see that show. We still do a road trip. I could still drive it very far away. Unless unless Jason Camp is listening to this and decides I can't anymore, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean it's it's just it's going to be interesting because a lot of shit is getting canceled. Yeah, and and it just it just affects so many things. One thing like a concert gets canceled, and there's there's food vendors and there's transportation people and yeah, all the hotels. I mean. <laughs> Coachella got canceled, and I swear to God, like I, you could hear it on the sh- in the streets here in L.A. Well, one of, uh, which one was uh, uh the the South by Southwest? No, no, the one that's the electronic music one. Uh, stage, stage. No, that's country music. There's an electronic uh, music one, yeah. um, Ultra in Ultra, Miami, yeah. and I guess they canceled it and kept everybody's money. Yeah, like, that's not going to go over well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were, because I think Miami or Florida yeah. uh, banned, you know, gatherings of more than a thousand people. So, like, the promoter, you know, wanted uh, to, to to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so they were like, look, we want to do it. It's not our fault. We can't do it. So, yeah. They kept the money. That's not going to go over well. Kept the money. All right. We're going to do about uh, 30 minutes of that old Q&As. We got a bunch of super chats. We're going to get through them. And uh, I say for the next five minutes or so, if you want to get in there with your super chats, we can get to your questions. If they don't suck. Yeah. Honestly, if they suck, I reserve the right to not do it. (laughs) Your show. Seriously. Your show. It's It's a quid pro would you? <laughs> it's not a quid pro quo. It's a quid pro would you? Um, so uh, let's see. Joe makes drifts. Says, did we see the Detroit sideshow nonsense that just went on in Detroit this weekend? The pics and video look real sketchy. The story I was told about this was that I don't know if I just googled Detroit sideshow. If you, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, look, there's a lot. A, there's a lot going on, but apparently a creative solution has been found, and uh, Detroit uh, PD, or at least oops, a member of the Detroit PD, uh, decided to uh, have a vacant lot and let people uh, have a little sideshow, a little burnout sideshow over there, because it became such a problem on the street. 
Well, this is exactly the same thing as like those cops who build drag cars and go raise the kids in the drag strip. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm shocked. It's not exactly the same. There's people standing real close to that Camaro. <laughs> this is sketchy, but I suppose you can choose to be on that lot it's, or not be on gonna that lot. It's going to be sketchy, but not blocking traffic. That's Yeah, so, well. So, you know, if those people want to sit there and kill themselves by getting hit by a car in a parking lot, it doesn't affect the rest of the people on the highway right. that's ruining their day. Right. I agree. That's Every single person standing on that lot, especially right here in this yeah. scene here, every person in there pretty much could go. Yeah. I mean, not could go, because I mean, I mean, they're look, people with families, but like, they chose their fate by standing with there. The what we worry about is like running over a person just crossing the street. You know what I mean? The that. problem is, is Hoonigan does such a great job with the Burnyard Bash. Like, they sold out Burnyard Bash last time. They brought out, like, you know, they bring out celebrities, and they have all these cars, and they basically do the same thing, but in a controlled environment where the crowd is going to get killed. So, why couldn't that be... If this is really, really what you want, I mean, part of this, I get, is is the excitement of it being illegal. But if, if you really just want to see a bunch of people just doing stupid shit in cars, block it off, put some, you know, put some barricades up, and have a good time with it, like Hoonigan does. And, I mean, if you've ever been out to a Burnyard Bash, or even watched the videos, it's it's a blast. It really is. And nobody gets hurt. Yeah. The only, I mean, I, I'd rather it was in a vacant lot than yeah. on the street. Yeah. But I'd, I, I see an opportunity. Get Scotto. Yeah. yeah. Get Scotto to do, do a, a tour in Detroit. Yeah. There's lots of empty yeah, lots. Put eat, up some shipping containers. Let's tour. go. Yeah. Um, that the, there's a lot of people standing next to that fucking car going. That's uh, pretty sketch. So yeah. many people. Uh, let's see. The regular '96 that he just put down a deposit on a Mini E, uh, and has a Land Rover Discoveries from Longer Journeys. Opinions on the Mini E? It has a 140 mile range. The Mini E is a car I don't think much about, and not for any reason having to do with it being electric it all has to do with it being a mini and me not really liking what they have done with minis um in general <laughs> the fact that they're not mini anymore they're fucking big <laughs> like even in this photo this looks like a big car doesn't it and and like i don't know what's happening with these wheels i assure you i don't need a an actual I wheel of my car a, to look those, like a Citroen a steering off, wheel. I think those are a throwback to the, if you look at the old GP, uh, the Mini Cooper GPs, they had similar styled wheels like that. They were symmetrical, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> similar. I'm trying, but with a key, I'm trying, Mini. a key difference. Yeah. Symmetry. <laughs> this looks like a Citroen steering wheel is what that yeah, looks like. Does. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know how cheap these things are leasing out. If it's like a Fiat 500 and they're like 90 <laughs> bucks, if it's less than a cell phone, Good, good Go on you. Yeah. Good on you. But like, I think Mini's powertrains are so terrible right now that the electric one is probably the best one. Yeah, at least it's got torque. I mean, I just, I loved my R fifty three. I had a, I had the sickest Mini. You remember my Mini? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. Mini was so awesome and so fast, and it made the coolest sounds, and it inspired. <gasps> Oh my god, I got more tickets in that car than any car I've ever owned because you just went 100 everywhere. everywhere. It was amazing. Yeah. And I mean, everyone I lent it to, they got tickets yeah. in it too. <laughs> I still look every once in a while for a 20, 2005 Cooper S. You know, I mean, John, John, fucking, Cooper, John Cooper works. They'll rattle themselves to pieces. Yeah, I mean, but you know, all the good European stuff. Does. But my opinion of the Mini E is if it's less than a cell phone, you are excellent. Yeah. If it's you'll, more than a like cell it. phone, you you'll probably like should have got an e, a smart car. East. I saw a guy up the street from us, Finn, got a, the new electric smart car. 
He seemed pretty ple- pleased with it. Yeah, I mean, he can park it. So he can. Um, he wants. Miguel wants to know thoughts on the McLaren 765LT. How can they already improve on what seems to be the best and most perfect sports car? I agree with you, Miguel. I saw the pictures of the six, uh, seven. First off, 765LT doesn't really have a ring to it, does it? No, it doesn't roll off the tongue. 720 sounds better. 765, you have to say all th- 765. You have to say all uh, all three numbers. That's strange, right? So 675. 76.5. Uh, who's got an in-depth review already? That's some bullshit. That's not an in-depth review. That's that's a spec sheet, sir. Nevertheless, that's six. Uh, there it is. The 765LT, it's a bit lighter. It's a bit more gnarly. Uh, it's probably got a new tire on it. Some, you know, the 720 comes with like fairly regular tires. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably got that, the Trofeo. I think that was one of the things that was. Yeah, it's going to be lightweight wheels. It's going to be more carbon shit. It's going to be, I can already see it's got those fucking HR Geiger seats, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, which actually, to go back to um, the 5 Series chassis versus the 7 Series chassis, and I'm sorry, it's that's not how McLaren does it. It's Sports Series right. and Super Series, but whatever the fuck. Um, the HR Geiger seats, which um, they're, they're the crazy ones. They look like they're out of fucking Beetlejuice. Yeah. Go look them up, people. Those seats are really horrible to get in and out of. But once you're in but them. But once you're in them, they're amazing. Yeah. And so the fact that the 720 has the door cutouts in the roof and you can plop down into those seats versus the 600 LT we had at Peacody. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm I would worry that they may have ruined it although I suspect Well, that question can be asked every single time a new supercar comes out. We're like how much faster can they make it? How much better can they make it? You know, the 488 Pista came out, the you know, when the 430 came out versus the 360, it's like, well, you know, I mean, every time that we think we're at the height of what we can see, they do one step better. Bugatti just came out with their new Chiron Sport. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. You know, which, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I mean, like, if you want to drink the Kool-Aid, like, and I'm, and I'm reading, I'm reading Chris, and I, listen, I love Chris Singh to death, and I'm reading his reviews, and man, he just, he drank the Kool-Aid from Winkleman. I don't even know what, you know, it, there was GHB in the Kool-Aid when he drank it. But, you know, oh, the suspension is completely different and this is all done. And it's actually like a sports car. And, da, 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 and I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But, Looks good parked to the valet but, but, on but, South but Beach. To, but to his point, like, you know, you see the Chiron, you're like, well, how much better can you make it? Well, Bugatti's like, well, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tweak the nose. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to make, you know, supposedly the suspension's different. So there's always going to be a better you know, right. there's, there's never, we're never going to hit a point where this is it. But, and, and most people would tell you, most people would tell you that the LTs are the best McLarens because they're the, the you know, and most people will tell you that the GT3 RSs are the yeah. best Porsches. And, and, and I understand their argument. I think the best McLarens are the ones in the middle because they are just more usable. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to buy any modern supercar at all they're all so easy to drive now <laughs> fast yeah and fast but but the air conditioning works and the radio works and they've got a trunk and it, yeah. they're they're pretty fucking regular actually yeah which d- makes me sound snobby but like i daily these things and they're not weird huh. whereas like Take them to the just going store. to whole foods in my Countach is a thing <laughs> Like you got to understand that it, it is. you know it, it. You're, oh, yeah. you've done it with yeah. me. You yeah. know, you yeah. get it. It's a whole project. And so, but so if you had a new McLaren or a new Ferrari or a new Lamborghini and you didn't daily it, 
you don't really understand what they've been doing this yeah. whole time. But the the and so anyway, the flip side of that is the ones that are made harsher and more gnarly are I tend to like them less. But yeah. uh I'm sure I will get to have a go. I have a good relationship with McLaren, and so when it is time to drive the 675LT, I'm sure it will be a good time. Full comprehensive review. Yeah, and you know, I really like those those Corsa tires um, um, on the 720 because you could slide around on them a bunch. They last a long time. So if they put these Trofeos on there, I would just hope that it doesn't become ragged. Yeah. That it doesn't. You don't have a fire edge. But I've been around tracks in the LTS, and they're they're fun as shit too. So it'll be great. Uh, Sean Finney wants to know the most fun automatic under 25k replacing a Fiesta ST. Um, the the BRZ's automatic is way yeah. better than you think it's going to be. The paddles are really responsive. It's not super slushy. Um, I actually think that's pretty decent. Um, you can also get um, probably some used BMWs at this point that have you know the ZF uh, eight speed like yeah. your your late. 320 you really can't go wrong with anything D. you find that's got the ZF transmission. Yeah. I mean, if you find any car that you've got, in, which is, I mean, the ZF is in so many different things and so many different variations, you know, you take that and, you know, you can tweak this the software on the ZF a little bit if to, to your liking, but for the most part, that you know, the ZF transmission in anything that you can find it in is usually going to be pretty good. It'll be at least decent. It's yeah, better in some decent. things than other things. It depends on, yeah. A, like, for instance, like... Um, Land Rover Jaguar actually buys the gearboxes from ZF yeah. and puts them in their cars, whereas Chrysler licenses the design and builds them themselves. So certain are better than the yeah. other. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, at this point, automatic under 25K, BRZ FRS is a good one, or um, any number of, of used vehicles that'll have the ZF 8 speed, which yeah. is at this point a lot of off lease 3 Series. Yeah. A lot. A lot. A lot. Uh, Nick D'Amico says, thoughts on dailying a rear-wheel drive car like a BRZ? I'm sorry yeah, to come back to that. It's BRZ day on the smoking tire. It's a re uh, Thoughts on dailying a rear-wheel drive car like a BRZ in New York on snow tires? I'm not shy of snow driving or buying good tires. I say at least try it. Yeah. Um, unless you are driving up really steep hills. Steep hills are the only reason yeah. I would say that you may want to go with a with but didn't, a, I've seen a couple of different articles that did comparisons of all wheel drive on right on all season tires versus rear wheel drive on snow tires and the rear wheel drive on snow tires usually is a better ride if the weather is that harsh and he well, says yeah. he says New York he doesn't say the, he doesn't say if it's upstate or if he's in New York City I mean it so doesn't matter but the, yeah, the amount of snow the matters. amount of snow matters yeah. yeah but but the um yeah you're not it's not that much snow um and and the asterisk on it is you want to get snow tires for anything yeah. you buy even if he has an, gets an all wheel drive car yeah. or front wheel drive if car if it snows where you're at you, you should get snow tires yeah um I th I would try it I would do it for a season and if it's if it's terrible you can you know figure well, it out the other then, thing but, to remember is three quarters of the rest of the year you're not going to be on snow tires so get something that you still enjoy to drive the rest of the year when you're not on the snow tires. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To go back to someone in the irregular chat mentioned it. Under 25K, use GTIs with the dual oh, clutch. Yeah, there you yeah, go. There you go. GTIs with a, with a dual clutch Completely forgot about uh, is another good option for daily driver automatic under 25K. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, Amir Hakim trying to decide between a Porsche 996 4S and a Cayman as a first car. Light track work, weekend fun car. I mean, here's the thing. 
Both of these cars are heavily depreciated. 996 4S is an expensive 996 or a cheap Porsche. Um, Cayman is an even cheaper Porsche. Do you want a mid-engine or rear-engine experience? I, I, yeah. I can't stress this enough, folks. And a lot of people say, should I get a Cayman or a 911? A lot, more than you think. You need to go out and drive yeah. any Cayman or Boxster and then go drive any 911. This is a possible thing, people. You can do it. Find a way. Yeah. Be creative. CarMax. What you're asking me here is, should I buy, should I go to lunch and should I have a hamburger or should I have Chinese food? Yeah. You've got to ask me, Matt, who makes the best hamburger? Yeah. That's the question. I don't fucking know, dude. Do you want to drive a 911 or do you want to drive a Cayman? Figure that out and then I'll tell you what, which, and then tell me how much money you have and I'll tell you what the best one of those is that you can afford. Absolutely. James says, uh, I never told the dude where's my boat story from Thailand. Uh, I will tell that story when Zach Zach's comes here, back. Yeah. I'm certainly not going to tell my boat going missing story from Thailand without Zach. And ideally <laughs> when Thaddeus is back in town too, because here was here for him. Uh, did anything, and the continuation was, did anything eventful happen in Tahiti? Define eventful. Um, nothing horrible happened in Tahiti, yeah. if that's what you mean. Um, we um, know, actually, Tahiti was great. Uh, the whole point of Tahiti was to be relaxing. Uneventful. Yeah, no. Uh, all th all ego was put aside. I followed the I followed the book on that one. Um, there's definitely opportunities to fuck up in Tahiti for sure. Um, and at one point, we were dropping anchor, and we realized that that if the current moved we could easily swing into some reefs and so we uh we we picked up our anchor and we moved like 100 feet over so we wouldn't swing into the reefs and then within 20 minutes some other fucking guy in another boat dropped anchor right where we just <laughs> were and i was like well at least it's not gonna be us and then the next morning that guy tried to leave this area and like, fu he fucked up. He fucking drove this big boat, which was as big as ours, right into like a coral field. He didn't hit anything, but he was doing like the Austin Powers <laughs> trying to get out. And eventually these locals came over in a dinghy and like guided him out oh like super sheepishly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but cannot recommend Tahiti highly enough, folks. That place fucking rules. Never, never out of time. I hope that's a Back to the Future reference. Says, Matt, you always bitch and moan about the camera that's right in your face. Why don't you move it already? And yes, I paid $5 to say this. The problem, never out of time, is not that, is that you're, you think I'm bitching about something that I'm not bitching about. I'm not bitching about the camera being near my face. And the camera is where it is because it's a function of the fact that our USB powered cameras do not work with <laughs> USB extension cords. So they, they all of our cameras are limited to a 36 inch range from the computer from whence, where, not whence, where they come from. The problem is that about your comment on my complaint is that that's not what I'm complaining about. I have no problem with where that camera is. I don't like it when Zach 
<laughs> or or any or Timmy when he's producing and Zach's listening live so he knows this. I don't like when Zach lingers the camera on me while someone else is talking. Yeah. I feel awkward as fuck. That's my doing drugs time. Um that's Matt's private time. That's <laughs> That's not Matt. That's uh, take the camera off of Matt time. Yeah. Get it? Bro. Well, plus it makes for a better show if the guy talking is the one that's on also on that. the camera. Also producing a radio show. <laughs> uh, Martin says, if you could create any fantasy Rolex model, what would it be? Yo, someone, someone's kid, someone's kid at uh, someone from Hodinkee, their kid came up with the Sprite GMT. Which I fucking love. That is nice. And the Sprite GMT is just like you think. Sprite colors. Lemon lime. Yellow and green. And it would work. I just I would rock the shit out of a Sprite GMT. And they've already got the Pepsi GMT, which I own. It's the blue and red. They have a Coke GMT, which is black are and those, red. Are those names unofficial names? Unofficial. Yeah, unofficial. But why shouldn't you go for a third soda? Yeah. So I'm all about... Uh, that's definitely my fantasy watch that I would wear if it existed, but it does not. I could do a Zima. Yeah. St. <laughs> <laughs> Ides Mall Liquor model, yeah. Uh, Peter Chapman says, a couple of weeks back, you concurred. No small dollar upgrade to something. Okay, wait, I don't know. What is that? I, Jesus. If I really wanted to upgrade, should I get a 997 GT or a 964 RS America? With the market Jesus. meltdown, what's the best value bourbon? Uh, I love the Taconic Distillery bourbon. It's from New York. It's very cheap. It's like 50 bucks a bottle. That's not very cheap, but it's like 50 bucks a bottle. It's fucking delicious. Drink it all. It's not worth collecting. It's worth drinking. Mm. Um, all right, listen. 997 GT3 or 964 RS America. Those are two very different cars. RS America is a sucker car because it's almost fucking identical to the Carrera 2. It's like so... It's like yeah. the BMW... Um, Lightweight, the E36 you're, lightweight. You're paying three times as much because it says RS America. Correct. It's a sucker's car. And anyone who really is into Porsches will kind of laugh at you if you get one. Because you're overpaying for what is fundamentally a Carrera 2 yeah. with RS doors yeah. on it. Um, Unless and so, you literally just have 100 Porsches in your collection and just want to have it as a Well, you can just car. buy a much... For whatever you're going to get into an RS America, you can get into a better air-cooled car with that money. But it's not as collectible. If you're buying a car to drive, then you definitely don't want to buy the RS America. If you're buying a car to add to your collection of cars <sighs> that are that don't are historical. Do, you're not the, the money involved here is you should not be invest it's, it's not investment grade but shit. That's all the Porsche stuff. Buy it's to like, drive. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a special edition and I'm gonna charge three times. An as RS America is not an investment grade car yeah. at current prices they're trading yeah. at, and neither is a nine nine seven GT three. No. They both would drive very nice. Do you want to drive an air cooled car? If you do, a nine six four is a great yeah. driving car. Yeah. Don't, spend don't the money pay on the America. RS America premium. Is a 997 GT3 a great driving car also? Yeah. That would be the, that would be the, have, the Porsche that I would buy is a yeah. 9971 manual GT3. How, how modern do you need that car to be? You Everything know, I need that's is right the thing. there. Uh, Matt O says, oh, yeah, shout out. That's just a shout out. Uh, let's see. Hub, hub. Huba Kabula says, will a Honda Ridgeline have enough off-road capability for camping in national parks out west? I think the answer to that is yes. I think I've done a bunch of off-roading in a Honda Pilot, which is the same as a Ridgeline. Yeah. You can go watch my video. And 
it does an impressive amount of off-roading, and I do not think you need anything more than that to go camping in national parks. No. Not then, at all. You know, the new Passport's kind of cool, too. Uh, I think the Ridgeline's a pickup. Yeah, the Ridgeline's a pickup, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, yeah. they, they're doing, if it's a new Ridgeline, it's got the new drivetrain, it, it definitely is, it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, for sure. The regular 96 wanted to confirm, $3,000 down and two eighty per month for the Mini E. I mean that's not that's, horrible. That's I wouldn't borderline. pay that much, but no. uh, but that's but that's not horrible. It's not his other car was a Discovery, so he's going to save that in gas daily. That though. Yeah. Uh, Scotland FC3S says thoughts on suggestions for a summer car under twenty thousand Canadian back roads and one or two track days. C5 Corvette, Evo 8, BMW 335, RX7s. No front wheel drive cars. I mean a decent list it's a good list you know uh c5 corvettes are great evos are really 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 fun if you can find one for under 20k that it hasn't had been. the shit kicked out of it um 335s are also you, same you thing and you won't lose money on the evo 8 either yeah they're pretty stable yeah. i'd rather have a 135 than a 335 yeah fdrx7s you know get a right hand driver from japan to save money but yeah. but there and there are a lot of maintenance i probably wouldn't I wouldn't get a 240. I mean, also, look, you've got a, a whole lot of, of, you get a whole lot of Mustang, a whole lot of Camaro for that kind yeah. of money, too. So I wouldn't throw those out of bed necessarily. Um, you know, or go JDM. You might be able to, uh, you might be able to just get. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of crazy stuff coming around now that, that, that you know, that, that the JDM market is easily imported. I mean, I would definitely look at some of those, those JDM importer sites and see if there's something you hadn't considered before that maybe nobody else has. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you got a good and, list and there. In, and in Canada, he can get all kinds of stuff we can't. Right. Yeah, the 15-year yeah. rule. You can get newer stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think you could take advantage of the fact that you pay not America prices for yeah. JDM. That's probably, that'd probably be yeah. really fun. Um, let's see. Frederick Marchand, should I stay away from the Ferrari F430 F1 gearbox? Not necessarily. Um, Just it's, the gearbox or the whole car? The whole car. <laughs> uh, they're, all, they're all right. They don't go through clutches like the 360s or the 355s do. They obviously don't feel as modern as the dual clutches, but um, if they have, there's a way to show how much clutch life they have yeah. left. And, um, it is kind of expensive to do a clutch in those, but it's not an engine out. You can do it from underneath. Yeah. So that's good. I don't remember Just how much it cost at Gotham to get do it, those. Get a PPI. For sure. You, whatever, you, whatever you end up getting. I wouldn't say recommend, and I wouldn't say stay away either. I mean, obviously, at a 430 with a manual is so great that uh, having experienced that, I wouldn't want one another way. But it's not if you use it in manual mode as opposed to leaving it yeah. in auto, it's it can be driven pretty smoothly. The, pretty smoothly. If you're in the market at that price point for a four thirty, you know, I think that you have to get in that car and and love it. Like you have to get in and be like, This is this is what I want. I mean, I just saw a post from a guy the other day that, you know, he had been saving up and saving up and he bought a manual three sixty coupe and he was just he was just giddy. This is the he's like, This is the car I wanted since it came out. And I always wanted it, and and you know he had a motorcycle, he had a couple other beater cars, and you know he probably paid less than fifty grand for it or whatever. But he was just he was just stoked, he was giddy that he had it. And if that's that's kind of what you need, if you're if you're getting into like the four thirty with the F one, you know you get in it and you'd be like, this is this is the experience that I want to have. Get it inspected, get the color that you want, and drive it and enjoy it. 
That's good advice. Yeah. I like that advice. Um, but it's definitely the... It, it got bearable before, yeah. you know... But if you just, just don't drive a 458... <laughs> drive a 458, you can't go back. Um... Matthew Burke says, when did Aston Martin's automatic become decent? Looking for a V8 Vantage, but I know the early autos are meant to be rubbish. Most did, of them are pretty rubbish. Did it come become decent? When did it become decent? Not really. I, I don't remember that ever happening. I mean, it it's not that great in the old Vantage. It's oh, bearable no. in like the 2013 and up cars. Bearable. Yeah. When they went to Speed Shift 2. Right. They went from Speed Shift to Speed Shift 2. Whatever that change happened. And they, the Vantage engine got bigger, too. Yeah. They went from a, to a 4.7. Whenever that change happened, it got incrementally better. If you're going to buy a V8 Vantage, you really want the manual. Yeah. I mean, you really it's want the It's one of the manual. few front-engine rear-wheel drive cars. You can buy a manual. Why would you not take advantage yeah. of it? So, decent is a stretch. Even the new V8 Vantage, which uses the ZF8 speed, yeah. doesn't use it that well. <laughs> it doesn't. Oh. It's... Which is a waste because Mercedes has a brilliant dual clutch gearbox that works with that engine that they're using. <laughs> um, Scott Colpitz says, "Is one C nine nine seven C two S experience better than three cars for the same price? For example, I can get a new STI, a ninety seven to oh one Prelude, and a late model three seventy Z for the same price of a nine eleven." I would rather drive a 911 every single day than any of those cars you listed. I agree. So, I and mean, I, and I and I've had multiple cars, and so have you. The, the problem is, is that you know, it's it's not the driving experience. I mean, it's it's there's so much that comes along without having multiple cars, especially three cars like that that you're not going to drive all the time. I mean, those those are just three okay cars. You know, those are the kind of things where you have all three of those cars already. You sell all of them to buy the 911. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like I've got it. You know, I had a, I had a Prelude as a daily. I bought a 370 for a track car. You know, I want to get rid of all this shit and just have a 911 and just enjoy the one car and be done with it. That's very funny and very true, right? <laughs> yes. So why would you go backwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're doing the opposite of what people do. Right. Like I was talking recently about. For me, it was well. It happened with cars. I at one point I had like seven mm -hmm. cars, and now I have three much better cars. Right. <laughs> you know, I had a yeah. Mustang and I had a Nissan Skyline and a C5 Corvette oh, yeah. and I had, you know, and I got rid of all of that and now it's Lamborghini Porsche. You know what I mean? And Done. so, and and I, and so I, I actually believe in consolidating upward where you, where you can. Um, I, I'm a collector, so I like having a, yeah. a bunch of shit and so I know how appealing it can be to say, yeah, I have three cars, you know, or go, so I headache. have this car for yeah. this and this car for this and this car for this. But like, Literally anything you wanted to do with an STI, a Prelude, and a nine and a three seventy Z. It's do. not like you're saying, should I get a nine eleven or should I get a Mustang, a motorcycle, and a pickup truck? That's you know different. what I mean. That would be different. Now you're now you're talking about practical uses, yeah. and so even when I've had multiple cars, it's been like, well, I've got a truck to do this, and I've got a sedan yeah. for every day, and I've got this. This is a fun a fun car for road trips, and then yeah. this is for the racetrack, and I've tried to fill all these little cracks. He's talking about three cars that They're are the basically same. Basically the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, and look, so. I love, you know, look, I love the Prelude. I thought that was a great They're car. They're nice cars. You were a little yeah, unfair was, to them. They're yeah. fine cars. But but if you can afford one 911 Do and it. you don't need a back seat in your daily life, you yeah. know what I mean? I, I would rather have that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Trent says, hot. I want a hot hatch daily. 
I'd prefer a GTI or a Golf R, but any any other choices? I mean, are there some? Is there some new hot hatch I don't know about? Veloster N, folks. The yeah. Veloster N. Yeah, that's that's the hot um, one. If get. you, I mean, look, the GTI and Golf R are soft. This the materials are soft. They're squishy. The controls are very light. There's not a lot of feel. The Golf R goes really fast, but but also not a lot of feel. The Veloster N has a lot of feel. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, I would take a Veloster N over a GTI. Uh, I mean, unless personally. you need it for a daily, that's another one where you can start looking at some of the JDM market, the Nissan Pulsar GTR. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, you can you, also you, start going Japanese on it. There's, a, I mean, I mean, that's the home of the hot hatches there. You know, yeah. other than you know, you could drive you, a Lancia Delta Integrale, thirty-five <laughs> K will get you in the door. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's there's other options than what you would normally think about. You got to look outside the box a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I think so, and it and I think. Maybe not limit yourself to a hot hatch. I mean, does yeah. it have to be a hot hatch? Use hot wagons. Like, I mean, yeah, 35K, you know, that'll get you into a 328D touring. E55 wagon. E55, yeah. <laughs> Matthew says, what is the modern boomer, boomer coffin car? Just watched regular car review stream, and he said a V6 Cadillac CTS. That's coffin a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah, like something where you'd see rolling around Palm Springs in the Landau roof. <laughs> So everything in Florida? I mean, it's like the same modern. It's like the same. It's like mm. caddies from the early 2000s still. UX. It's still caddies from the early 2000s. Lincoln's. We don't see a lot of those in LA. No. They have money here. People, they get Teslas. They all just get Teslas. So annoying. Um, fucking Priuses. All right. Well, these are the things. I'm going to cut it off. We got a yeah. couple more and I'm going to cut it off. I'm going I'm to power through the right. the last, but no more Super Chat. And then we got we got things to do. No, I'm just kidding. We, But really, we, we do. We do. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, uh, boy. Um, MDK Kaiser says, how does the speed of the new turbo supercars compared to some of the big power modified cars you were driving on tuned, such as the Hennessy Venom? I mean, I think a McLaren 720S, you know, the difference between 600 horsepower and 1,000 horsepower happens at 150 miles yeah. an hour yeah. right yeah. that's the real it's it's when you shift into sixth and it pulls like a thousand horsepower car in sixth gear pulls like a 600 horsepower car in fourth gear the only difference to that is is if you're talking older non-turbo maybe supercharged or naturally aspirated cars where you've got the torque that can be can you know if you like like for me i like i like the around town torque but it doesn't sound like that's really what he's going for. It sounds like he's just saying the speed, you know, of the modern turbos. I mean, honestly, they do a good job right now of getting rid of turbo lag. They do, and but the real difference is the gearboxes. Yeah, that's where it really is. And the the, the gearboxes and the where now you've got the nine engine speeds, eight speeds, yeah, as opposed to five or six, and a dual clutch, yeah. you know, and and an engine management system yeah. that goes okay. I'm gonna press this button for chill. I'm gonna press this button yeah. for race. And so you know, a tuner car, even if it has multiple programs like a big power Supra or yeah. something like that, typically you're still shifting manually. Yeah. And typically, if it's a build on an older car, you've then got a heavy clutch associated yeah. with it because it's not like someone has made, you know, you can get a Hellcat's got a pretty light clutch with 700 horsepower, but you want to put 700 horsepower in a Supra, you need to use well, a special and clutch. And the chassis wasn't designed for 1,000 horsepower right, back then and right. stuff like that. So, you get, you know, as right. opposed to a 720S, which is a complete package. Right. Like anything else, it's it gets better as the engineering and everything, you know, goes, goes further. And it, yeah. it, it comes down to like... 
like mm-hmm. anything else that we talk about here, it's it's not that this is this car is the best. It's that it it's it's your personal preference. You have to drive these things and say this is the experience that I want to have behind the wheel. And an older tuner car, I'm a big fan of, but it's a completely different experience than a 720s. And I'm not going to say that that one's better than the other one. It's they're apples and oranges. Yeah, no, I mean, I I would if I had the room, I would want to have both in my yeah, garage. I, lo- I love driving a, a big power tuner car, and I think it's a good time. And I think I think showing what you can do with something yeah. uh, is certainly an art form, and and as well as a science. Sure. Um, but the the supercars are so so usable they're they're good um, they really are good and you know there's they 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 don't have a lot of vices and they and they they really have figured out um you know especially the the british and the italians that for the most part you can't build something that doesn't work properly yeah. um and i know i know mclaren has some reliability issues and i know some other cars do too but um but i uh uh they're nothing like what they used to have, you know. Um, although I have to say that even, you know, I really my my Lambo. Not to just I don't like just keep talking about my Lambo, <laughs> but I feel like it's such it's such an interesting car, and most people who own them don't have podcasts. So there you go. Um, you know, I when I drive that and I feel the click click and the click click, it's you know it's not that fast. It's like pretty much as fast as like a C seven Corvette, but it's it's a certain amount there's of engaging there's an experience yeah. and it's a different it. experience the, the a 720 is engaging in in, in the same own, way own, in yeah. the same way you know i, I but uh not in the same way in, no, its, own in way. its own way but but um i uh i don't necessarily i'm glad it's available now i'm glad i'm i'm glad you can buy an 800 horsepower car but i'm also a little nervous about that so but the fact that you can buy an 800 horsepower car that gets over 20 miles per gallon <laughs> And has a, a, a that has all the creature comforts. You can buy a seven hundred horsepower yeah. SUV. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. you couldn't do back then. Uh, Josh is a physician in Seattle and says the the the, pro, the 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 pandemic is real and will get worse. So limit exposure should be mandatory nationwide. Okay, stay home, listen to podcasts. I mean, fortunately, most of my job <laughs> is working by myself. I got nervous because over the weekend, I I. I was uh, I spent a lot of time at the job site, which is really dusty. And I don't know if I'm like allergic to dust, but I definitely am affected by dust. Nobody likes to breathe dust in. No, and I was breathing all. And so when I got home, I was like coughing and sneezing for like 12 hours, and I was just like, "Oh God, oh no!" And except, yeah, it really was. We need to get you one of those redneck scarf things that pull up when you go to the job site. Yeah. Um, and lastly, before we get out of here, Jeff says, uh, should I go from a Honda Fit to a Chevy Volt for, for a daily driver? Will yes. I miss the space? I, I don't think a Volt has that much less space than a Fit. I mean, it's not a hatchback. It is a hatchback, actually. It, it is a hatchback, yeah. Um, I look, think if you, you, you will definitely not be sad about that. I, it wouldn't bother me. I mean, I, I think a Volt, I'm like a Volt evangelist, and if you drive less than 50 miles a day... And uh, you know, the then Fit is such great. a narrow car. Yeah, they're tall and they're yeah, toastery, yeah, tall and narrow. Very toastery. Um, fits are fun, especially the manual ones. The sportback yeah. ones are they're a yeah. good time. Um, volts are are just um, it's a really good daily. It's more like a Tesla than it is like a Prius. It is. Oh, it, I promise it is. Yeah. Um, it's. It doesn't mean it's a Tesla, but it's more like a Tesla than a Prius. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think you'd miss the space unless you're 
lugging dorm room refrigerators around all the time. Um, but um, I, uh, I think, I think, I think a Volt for a daily driver if it fits your lifestyle. If you have someone to charge it at home, and if you drive less than fifty miles a day on average, do it. Then I think you'd be good. All right. Well, do that's it. that's our show, folks. So thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, I, was, I talked away from the mic there. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight. You know, tomorrow at five p.m. Um, we have the band Chevelle is in studio, which is excellent. A uh, band I've spent a lot of time listening to, and it's a band named after a car, so it's yeah, perfectly appropriate go. for this show. So Definitely Chevelle in studio about. tomorrow afternoon. I think it's scheduled for five, but I have to confirm one last time, but that should be awesome. Vinny Russo, Thank thanks you, for coming. Do Appreciate you want to you you plug anything? Nope. All right. Nope, good. Neither do I. Um, actually, you know, go to my gram. Go to my Instagram Follow us, do all the things. You know the drill. The Smoke Entire Podcast is powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at shoutengine.com. It's easy. All you need is a microphone, a connection to the internet, and ideally something to say. See you tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific. Bye.